Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. Better know the name. Here we go. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Represented by Banks and Jones. Welcome to the program. I call it a bit of a breather day. Not that we're taking it easy. It's just that you've got a chance to look back over the season. You're not immediately celebrating a Citrus Bowl victory, as Tennessee did. And it was a convincing victory. We could debate on the defense. And you're not previewing a game coming up. You have the end of the season, and we have news. So it gives us an opportunity to look back, uh, get more of your thoughts on Nico, how he would stack up to some of one of the all-time greats. And also, would Tennessee have won more games than Nico? I would have told you you were crazy if you said that because of the Florida debacle without Cooper Mays. But I'm I'm wondering, I'm wondering aloud. Uh, and also, another reason to be mad at Jeremy Pruitt. So we'll get to that as well. And I don't know where Caleb's getting this. I love him. You know, he told me he was cutting off uh, those early morning uh, Bloody Marys, but he, he says that Nick Saban is underachieved at Alabama. How are we going to get there? Don't give too much away. Tease it for me. How are you, Caleb? Well, I mean, if you just take the results on a macro scale, I wouldn't say he's underachieved, but if you compare what he's done with the talent he's had, now he gets the credit for getting that talent. So as a CEO, he hasn't underachieved, but as a ball coach, I'm just saying, just saying. All right. Well, let's get right into it now. The big news, obviously, with Tennessee is they've got one of their most significant players back. I was not surprised. I thought that Brew McCoy was would be back. I didn't think he'd done near enough uh, in college to prove himself, and especially with the injury, I thought it was a smart move to make. Now, did he hold out for some NIL money? I could blame him for that. Let's get to four downs and it's brought to you by our friends at Dynasty Spas and we love them. Uh Brubacoin not in the hot tub with us today, but maybe Cooper Mace will be. We'll see. Four downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas. Four downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America, right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four downs presented by Off the Hook Sports. All right, so here we go. Cooper's going to lead us off. Cooper, what do people need to do if they want to take part of the program? It's pretty simple. It is this. Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. Coop here. First down. All right. First down with Brew McCoy brought to you by Dynasty Spas. Why did Brew McCoy come back? You guys, I'm going to shamelessly plug my article that I wrote yesterday. Brew McCoy came back because of Nico Iamaliava. It's that simple. Iamaliava said last week, in case you guys didn't hear, that he was trying to recruit Brew McCoy to come back. And then Brew McCoy, I'm pretty sure, watched him play that Citrus Bowl. And then he made the move. And I'm going to interrupt for half a second. I'm going to interrupt for half a second. On the surface of this, I didn't buy it at all. 
when I read Caleb's column on offducksports.com, I thought it was a better, one of the better things he's ever written. And he's done a lot of great things. I, I believe there's a lot of this that is true. So please continue. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. So Nico was trying to recruit him. He said that last week. Then he saw Nico play the Citrus Bowl. The day after, you guys for, remember this? Last week, we were talking about how Tennessee's a favorite to land Texas A&M transfer wide receiver Evan Stewart. It came out on On3 yesterday. It was reported about six hours before Brewer's announcement that Tennessee's decided to stop going after Evan Stewart. They have no interest in him. The only This all lines up for me to say they were cobbling some NIL money for Evan Stewart. And Brew McCoy came to them and said, I'm interested in returning. How much are you going to pay me? And they said, you know what? Let's redirect that NIL money to Brew McCoy. That's exactly how this went down, guys. And it was because he saw Nico play in the Citrus Bowl. And he thought, I can get enough NIL money to stay. And my draft stock can go through the roof if I'm the go-to receiver for this quarterback next year. That's it, makes, it makes a lot of sense. And why they would turn their back on a guy that doesn't know their system, which which they did. And you mentioned him. Um, but... Listen, why not see that Nico doesn't spit the bit? I mean, I've seen quarterbacks that I thought were fantastic. Please hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, great point by Dylan. If Joe was coming back, I'm pretty sure half the guys that came back wouldn't have. Ouch. Uh, no offense, Joe. I love when you say no offense. You can say anything bad about somebody. No offense, Caleb, but your mom's really fat. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I've never met Caleb's mom. I want to cut that part out. And if I ever have an issue with Dave and I want to sue him over like verbal abuse at work. I'm just going to be like, this is what Dave said to me live on the show. That's right. It happened. Everybody saw it. Uh, hit like and subscribe. I think it all makes sense with timing. And there's not, you know, we talked about Juice Wells and all these other guys. Is there another guy considering the injury that you'd want to bring in to learn a new offense that you think would be a true, true dictating coverage top or wide receiver, which I believe Brew McCoy can be. I do not believe you can guard him with one man. That makes everybody else's job that much easier. So anybody else you would have taken in the transfer portal over keeping your own guy that did suffer a significant injury last year? No, no. And you were the one who the injury looked freaky. I mean, really freaky on camera. But this isn't 2002 when Willis McGee got hurt. This is 2023, and it just seems like those type of fractures or dislocations, they, you can come back from them pretty easily now, right? With a year Good off. Lord Aaron Rodgers might come back from Achilles tear. It's the same season. No, he wasn't going to. He made all that up for well, attention. Well, aside from that, I mean, it, it was at least a talking point. I've just seen medical in my time. I've got a few more years on you. I've seen medical advances go from an ACL. You're never the same player again literally to an ACL you probably need a year off you might be the same player to an ACL you come back and you're fine but it takes a full year to now an ACL is like a seven eighth month process so I've seen these things change over time and I think that he can get incredible care at the University of Tennessee but as I would rather pay if I had to choose and I'm curious what you say uh you would rather pay an injured player who I will tell you this is considered one of the great leaders in that locker room. Okay, now I've given you other insight about practice and what goes into the program, but he's considered one of the great leaders, despite all the transfer and stuff. I'd pay that guy even with an injury before I'd pay the hottest transfer receiver out there. Oh, I think you, I, I agree. I think you do that. And also I think Josh Heupel, look, Josh Heupel is a questionable talent evaluator at best based on what we've seen from him so far. So I think Josh Heupel at least it's himself questioning his own talent evaluation 
he knows what he has in Brew McCoy. That's when he hit a home run on. Because, look, Tennessee's 2022 season, you talk about dictating coverage, Dave. Brew McCoy's stats weren't there in 2022. But they don't have the they don't have the season they have without Brew McCoy in 2022 because you bring it up. I mean that passing offense. One of the yeah, reasons Caleb Webb not there. Yeah, Caleb Webb playing the X. That's not good. Yeah, exactly. Ramel Keaton was so effective as a number two receiver two years ago because of the fact that Brew McCoy was rolling coverage over so much to his side after Cedric Tillman got hurt. And I mean that's clear as day now. And Josh Heupel's got to be thinking. I know what I've gotten Brew McCoy if he's fully healthy. I know what he's got in this system. He picked it up perfectly. You're right. I, yeah, Mike Matthews, Chris Brazel, all those guys. I think they're. I told you. I think the receiver room is going to be fine. But I think Josh Heupel wants to load up because he himself is. Well, he's not sure who's going to stand out. It was fine 24 hours ago. It can be very good now if he's 100. percent Four downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas. Uh, how much Tennessee needed him coming back is kind of what we lead into. That'll be second down. Imagine having the best spas made right here in the U.S. They're right here in Athens. You can go there and they'll deliver them. DynastySpas.com, the best chemicals. And it's all right here local, made in the United States and really local, like East Tennessee. Dynasty Spas, Athens, boom. Cooper Mays here, second down. How much did Tennessee need him to come back for that wide receiver room? Scale of 1 to 10. Okay, in terms of need, five, six, maybe. I'm not saying it's not huge and helpful, but I'm just saying that I think the receiver room was going to be good without him last year, the next year. But I'm about to blow you away. Can I blow you away? Because every once in a while, yeah. you blow me away with like Nico's going to win 13 Heismans. So I think it's a 10. From what really? I hear, that he, not just physically, but from what I hear about his leadership skills, let's just let's just say this. Cooper Mays is a huge Monsters fan. Jacob Warren is a huge Monsters fan. If everybody on your team was like those two guys, you'd have a pretty good football team, wouldn't you? That's true. You're right. So you're saying Brew is a leader. And is he this type of leader where um, – because there's two type of receivers who dictate coverage, and this is a big thing. And I, what you're saying is a big help, I think, for Tennessee. There is the receiver who um, there's the receiver who could dictate coverage like Randy Moss, but he doesn't because Randy Moss took plays off. If he wasn't going to, if the ball wasn't being thrown to him, he didn't bother to fight. Kelly Washington was that, by the way. If Kelly Washington had to block on a run play, he gave up the play beforehand because he didn't really want to block that hard and wasn't going to go all out when he was about when he wasn't having the ball thrown his way. I didn't have a problem McCoy. with Kelly Washington, but I want to get sidetracked. But anyway, we, but you're saying that Brew McCoy is the guy that will go all out even if the ball's not coming his way. So defenses will have to still react no matter what. Yes. You can't cover him one-on-one. You cannot, unless you're in the NFL, you cannot cover the man one-on-one. Hey, well, what I'm saying is, I get what you're saying. The, the big thing with whiteouts, so even if you can't cover them one-on-one, a lot of times if the ball is not going their way on a play, they will take that play off if they're even. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly no, Washington think, was that. No, he's a hell of a blocker on running plays. He's a hell of a blocker on screen plays. I think he's the exact opposite of that. You're right. Tennessee center Cooper Mays here. Third down. All right, so third down, talking about Brew McCoy being a ball, which he announced yesterday. Uh, where does he rank among, kind of kind of tweaking this question a little bit, among the transfers that Tennessee has taken in or the returning players that were realistically in question? So I would, I would include like John Campbell. I would include Cooper Mays. Uh, who else should we include in there that is Amari Thomas, Keenan Peely? Yeah. 
Okay, so where would you rank him? In terms of value, I mean, I'm sorry, but he's behind Cooper. He's behind Keenan Peely. He's behind Amari Thomas. Though, because those fill sp- major needs. Like they, those three are at positions that Tennessee would have had an issue next year if they didn't have them. I can't say Tennessee would have had an issue. I won't, go, hard, I won't go hardcore with you, but I think considering the depth of Tennessee's defensive front, I would put him at third behind Mays and Peely. But we're not. So you different. put him ahead of Amari Thomas. Yeah, and you know I love Amari. Okay. So yeah, unless he sees Senator Cooper Mays here fourth down. Now this one might infuriate people, but that's what we tend to do. Brew McCoy can be the best wide receiver since blank. Well, you and I, I both. Agree. I mean, one just won the Blitnikoff Award. Yes, you and I both agree on this because we talked about it beforehand. Jalen Hyatt. I mean, it's got to be Jalen Hyatt just on production alone. I understand if you say like actual talent and ability, but in just production, it's like, is this, is this, I mean, are, would it be anybody but Jalen Hyatt? Uh, hit like and subscribe. Now, here's my argument against Hyatt. Now, Caleb and I both thought he was a product of the system. We were wrong. He went through pro day. He got drafted, and he's having an NFL future, which is fantastic. He's not just a product of the system. Um, However, I think there are other guys that could have done what he did. Tennessee might have one on their team right now named Squirrel White if they can get things open on the outside and they have competent quarterback play. So I still think, to some extent, Jalen Hott was a product of the system, not as much as you and I thought. Now, I think part of that is because of your your wide receiver play, Caleb. So if you don't have Brew McCoy opening things up for underneath for Squirrel or whoever it is, I think that's the major issue more than just the leadership aspect of it. But I would say the best sense, help me. You go back. Go go pre um go pre Jalen for me. There is Jawan Jennings, who I think everybody loved, uh, who you who you talk about was that leader. He was that that type of receiver that was a leader, even though he was a receiver, and you always questioned those. But like Jawan Jennings was that. Okay, Before now Juwan, let me tell, let me just tell you my vote. You you name them. Jawan Jennings, I, Josh Malone. He's not the best they've ever had, Travis. Um, I'm not taking Jennings because I didn't like the social media outburst. I know that's debatable, but let's move on. So the fact thinking- that you would ever, ever disrespect Jawan Jennings covering Tennessee. Okay. Jawan Jennings. Okay. And, and Okay. No, sorry. Okay. Dave is siding with Butch Jones over Jawan Jennings, guys. Just know that. I think his name's Robert Meacham. I think Orange Blood just came up with it. Robert Meacham. I mean, I think that's what, Cordero, Cordero Patterson's not going to block on screens. He's not going to no, block. No, he's, a, he's an open space playmaker. You're right. He's not a blocker. Justin Hunter was kind of that, but he got hurt. And Derek Rogers. Robert Meacham's a good one. I think Robert Meacham's a good one. Um, but again, Dave just said he sided with Butch Jones over Jawan Jennings. So that should tell you guys. All I didn't you side with Butch Jones over anything. Now You I did. Yeah. You don't think Jawan Jennings was right to go off on the coaching staff? Yes, I did not think that was right. I didn't think that was the right way to handle that. I'm going to stand by that now. He should have stripped on social media and just gone all out F you all day. Sorry. That's just me personally. Gosh, today's tough question is now, and it's brought to you by our friend Andy Mason at andymasonrealestate.com. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. 
Simple. Will Nico be better than Hendon Hooker? Hendon Hooker, one of the most prolific passers in Tennessee history. Some of that's because the game's changed. Weren't a lot of guys in the 1930s throwing for 4,000 yards. Nevertheless, he was fantastic. He would have been at the Heisman ceremony. So that's one of the top three or four players in the nation had he not gotten hurt against South Carolina. So will Nico be better than Hendon Hooker? I ask you that just straight out, and it's brought to you by Andy Mason, AndyMasonRealEstate.com, 40 years in the real estate biz in East Tennessee, best services, best price. It's not close. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Tell them off the hook sports since you support our sponsors. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, will Nico be better than Hendon Hooker? Yeah or nay? I'm going to set this up real quick because Hendon Hooker, people are going to call me crazy. Hendon Hooker, over two years at Tennessee, completed over 68 and, and then 70% of his passes. Had a total of 54 touchdowns and just five interceptions. He ran for over 1,000 yards and 10 more touchdowns. He averaged over nine and a half yards a pass attempt. One of the most efficient, are the most efficient quarterback in Tennessee history. And yes, Nico's going to be better, guys. And he'd better be better if he's fully healthy. This is a generational talent. This is an incredible generational talent. And those who like to say Hooker's numbers, it's all efficiency, and that shows that he's the best quarterback in Tennessee history. No, times have changed. That's a lazy argument. It's the same lazy argument people try to make in favor of Drew Brees being a top five quarterback of all time. Drew Brees is not a top five quarterback of all time. He played in a more pass-happy system than John Elway or Dan Marino. Sorry. Same with Hendon Hooker versus Peyton Manning. Hendon Hooker's not on Peyton Manning's level, just played in a more pass-happy system and a more pass-happy era. Nico is in that same pass-happy era. And he's yeah. not a better, yeah. And this and this isn't recency bias because the Citrus Bowl no. was Monday. This is not that at all. I would have told you that before Monday. I thought he was going to be uh, every bit as good as Hendon Hooker. Now he he did exceed my expectations on Monday. He was even better than I thought, but not by a lot based off what I've heard. So, um, yeah, we, we look in the message board. A generational kid um, with the cards he's been dealt this year. Hendon didn't have much of a defense. That's true. Nico should be better all around. I just look at the two guys, and you get mad at me because of the eye test. And I know you do at times. I've seen it in your eyes. Because I'll start talking college football playoff, and I'll go eye test. And you're just like, Caleb twitches a little bit. I can look at those two quarterbacks, Hendon Hooker and Nico, and see positives in both. But there's a guy that's another level, and it's Nico. I mean, I've watched – Years of football, Caleb. This is not difficult to me. I don't know if they'll put up the I'm, same numbers. He may not need to. They may, they may run the ball. They may have a good defense. But he's going to be better than Hendon Hooker significantly. Let's just talk about this from an NFL draft perspective. Hendon Hooker's a guy we think could be good because he's a hard worker, and if he goes to the right system that works with him and develops a scheme around him, he'll be good. Nico's a guy that when he goes to the NFL draft, I don't care who you are, what your system is, what you have, you take him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... Like that is, that is, if you are the most dysfunctional franchise in history, you take Nico with the first pick and he could turn your franchise around immediately. And that's the difference. And so Hendon is, uh, I mean, I look, and we say this, this is not like, we're not one of those people, Dave, that says Hendon is a total product of Josh Heupel's system. He deserves credit for what he did himself too, because Joe Milton proved this year that you still, there's still, Hendon is still the best quarterback to this point to run Josh Heupel's system. Can we agree on that of any quarterback that's ever played in Josh Heupel's system? Yes. Yes, definitely. Yes. But there is the, but Nico is, 
you're right, he's generational. We're talking about a rare talent that is also in the, again, literally molded perfectly for Josh Heupel's system. I'm I'm honest next year, like, guys, you might see a 25, you might see a 25 to one touchdown to interception ratio, okay? You might see like the greatest touchdown to interception ratio of all time with Nico next year. And also yeah. one of the things, Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. One of the things that really stands out to me, Dave, is, um, you know, you talk about Moxie. Uh, Nico has, has you know, be, because of his background, he draws inspirations to Tua Tagalavoyal and Marcus Mariota. But I got to be honest with you, I see way more Moxie and Nico than I do those two quarterbacks, don't you? Those two seem much more like I do what I say and that's it, whereas Nico's like, I'm taking the reins myself. I hear the Bryce Young, bigger Bryce Young is what I hear, but I don't know why people are bringing that up. I haven't seen enough of his ability to decide whether or not to run downfield or throw the ball downfield yet. So we've got a couple of different opposing views that I want to get to. And I want to be clear because Travis up first here says that feels like we need to slow down a bit. He's only played one game. I would totally tell you that every single year that a new kid came in or a guy started one game, but – I am basing my opinion on Nico, what I heard before Monday. That, that that's that citrus bowl was only 25% of what I think of Nico. So I think he's and I'm I put my reputation on the line. If the guy goes out there and he's a dud, then everybody's gonna remember, just like I criticized Joe Milton at times, that Dave Hooker said that Nico was a special talent. I kind of did this for 25 years, not to throw it all away for something I didn't truly believe in. Guys, I'm not just trying to make you feel better. I, I believe Nico is is a generational, by generational, one in 25-year talent. They knew, let's call it what it is. We were covering the team last year, Dave. You were a little bit more tight end, but Nico comes. We heard the stories that Joe Milton immediately got kicked into high gear after that and that Taven Jackson transferred. They knew at bowl practices last year they had a future legend on their hand the minute Nico arrived, didn't they? I mean, the coaches knew it immediately when he showed up. Oh, and I know Joe Milton knew it. I mean, yeah. If that, somebody told me if there was any chance that Joe Milton was going to slack off at all once he saw Nico, that wasn't going to happen. Apex Apparel Group, design, brand, market, your way, unique products to promote your business with unparalleled customer service called Tyler at 865-919-3001, 865-919-3001. Go to your Apex, uh, sorry, your apexapparel.com, yourapexapparel.com. It's right below. Uh, check them out. Uh, coming up, um, we, we want to uh, continue to talk a little bit of Nico, but in sort of a different way, because I've completely changed my theory on what Tennessee's record would have been. Um, that what Tennessee's record would have been, Caleb, had Nico played earlier in the season. But what we do know ab about Nico is that even if he's a generational talent, Caleb, this is no slide on Hendon Hooker. I mean, if Hendon Hooker could be the Heath Shuler to Nico's Peyton Manning. Yes. Funny enough, I don't know if people consider – didn't people consider Heath Shuler generational talent, though, when he arrived? I mean, the rare, that was rare at the time, his physical abilities. I still think he was a generational talent. I think he could have played in the Olympics and run the decathlon. Yeah, so, but you're right. With Peyton, 
But it wasn't even as look, it's more clear with Nico than Peyton. Remember, you just brought it up. It was 60 40 Peyton or Brandon Stewart who wins the job. Nico shows up and Taven Jackson hits the portal. He's like, bye, I'm out. And I know people will say, well, Peyton started his freshman year. He started his freshman year because there were two other quarterbacks who suffered season ending injuries. So that's why Peyton started his freshman year. Yeah, um, he didn't want to start. I'm sorry. He, he didn't want to start his freshman he year. He didn't want to start. And another comparison people bring up. Dave, you were covering the practices at the time. Um, remember when uh, the it was the first day of fall camp, Ainge and Brent Schaefer show up, and Fulmer immediately says they're going to be the starters over Chris over CJ Leake, and he goes to the meeting, and he says, I've just never seen two quarterbacks that dynamic. You tell me. I didn't believe that it was that he thought they were that dynamic. I just thought he thought CJ Leake and Rick Clawson were that bad. <laughs> was that the case? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Travis was the one that said maybe we need to slow down a bit, but then there's the other end of the spectrum. Uh, Hendon's, a, this is by Dylan. We appreciate your contributions, Dylan. Uh, a great job. Hendon's a quick processor with a solid arm that has no issue with tempo. Nico is all that and more mobile with arguably a better arm. Not arguably. I cannot. The only thing that I can think of off the top of my head that at the end of the day, we may s still say four years from now, Hendon still throws great touch on his deep ball. That might be the one aspect that we say is still a little bit better than Nico's, but that's Nick. No, that's like I, I watch Nico. That's like saying tie your shoes. And that's still not right. I watched Nico in the Polynesian bowl last year. I saw his deep ball. He's got better touch on the deep ball than Hinden hooker too. Nico has a definitively better arm than Hinden hooker. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to offer up a little, uh, a little, it, uh, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. I mean, again, the only thing you would question you're right. Hendon Hooker processes information well. We can't know that with Nico until we see him in a full year because Hendon was, I mean, we're talking about a very smart quarterback in Hendon Hooker and a very smart player. But Nico, I'm sorry, guys. Watch, go watch Polynesian Bowl highlights last year. Prettiest deep ball you will ever see. Best deep ball I've ever seen a quarterback have. All right. One of the things I hate about uh, these national media people out there is they will say, uh, the, uh, the sky is not blue and they will just stick by it and stick by it. Well, I was absolutely wrong and I'm going to tell you about it next. So everyone should enjoy that. There's your opportunity. And no, I did not see clearly in this particular instance on this opinion, but I'm certainly glad that I got my eyes done at Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Han enjoy life better. When you see better local vision, service for LASIK, cataract surgery, and regular eye examinations. So I'm going to tell you I was dead wrong in just about two minutes. Sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK vision correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee Vol collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. 
Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co.? What's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, I gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. What the? The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, BanksJones.com. Uh, who's this guy? Hello, wizard! The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Well, I'll tell you, this guy was he's dead wrong. I want to go ahead and correct myself now. But first, I want to tell you about the Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection of strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Go to Hemp House Chat with two T's dot com. Hemp House Chat with two T's dot com. All right. So I told you and Caleb told you that Tennessee would have still been eight and four, even if they'd have played Nico at several different points in the season. I don't think that's true anymore. What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. I'm just going to tell you, Tennessee beats Florida. Florida. Florida's an awful football team. Uh, I realized Cooper Mays was not there, but I think uh, now there was a period of time, and I'm assuming um, that I don't want to assume anything. I believe it was after this. There's a period of time where they talked about a possible wrist issue, but I thought for the longest time that was to kind of protect Joe because that's when he wasn't playing well. So he, I think Tennessee beats Florida. With Nico. As starting quarterback, you hold an open competition in spring. He wins it. Joe Milton transfers. You, you win that football game. You agree with that, Caleb? No. I do okay. not. Okay. I do not. Now, can, I, can, I don't. I my, can I give you my next one? Sure. They beat Alabama. No, they don't. Yes. They do not. Up by a more significant amount of points. That Those red zone drives that that ended up in three points were touchdowns against Iowa that the lead would be too big. Tennessee would beat Alabama there. Now, as far as uh, Missouri, that was a complete collapse by the defense. I don't know that I can really tell you what happened there. And then Georgia is Georgia. But yeah, if you had to put a gun to my head, I'd say they definitely win one more game. 
But if I had to make a modest bet on it, I'd say they would have won two more games. Hypothetical. But who knows? Maybe we'll have hypothetical gambling apps, apps before long. First of all, if Nico started the whole season, he wouldn't have made it to Alabama because, again, he took way too many hits and he was still too thin at the start of the year. So he would have gotten hurt by the middle of the year. I can like like everybody's like anybody can get hurt. No, no, no. He it wasn't that he could have gotten hurt. He would have gotten hurt. Okay, okay? now, wait a second. That's the same sort. Uh, there's a lot of skinny dudes that play out there. That That's the same sort of thinking of, hey, that coach is terrible that that uh, that our program has there. But who would you hire to fill in for him? That's a defeatist attitude to say it's that you not. would go into a season expecting an injury is a defeatist attitude. If you want to tell me loads up for 2024, I can get you there. Okay, look, I, because I got to address this because you have said it and John, John has said it a few times. I wish I could have addressed it yesterday because he brings up how Peyton Manning was skinny when he started in 1994. Peyton Manning had the quickest release in the history of football, so he made sure to never get hit. Nico played one game this year in the Citrus Bowl and was getting hit every other play. That would have happened without Cooper Mays at the beginning of the year. And Nico would have been banged up before he even got a chance to play Alabama. So we're not like, I'm not going to go here. This is, yes, they're skinny quarterbacks. There are not skinny quarterbacks playing behind a makeshift offensive line who don't get rid of the ball as quickly as they should at that time because they're young. And that was Nico's situation. He would have gotten hit a ton and you would have been stuck with Joe Milton anyway. And by the way, I'm not so sure Tennessee beats Kentucky without Joe Milton. That was can Joe Milton who won that game. Can you read the message on the message board on YouTube? Please hit the like and subscribe button. Turn your notifications on. I did on. not pick the far inferior Oh, you got to read it. You have to read it for our audio platforms. Caleb will defend Josh to the death here. Just let it pass. He picked the far inferior quarterback, and it's just the truth. Twice. First of all, I Three was times. the guy. Three times. Three times. I. Picked... Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean three? It's just twice. Yeah. Uh, you picked Milton over Hooker. And, Nico, and Milton over Nico. And I would have opened it up in spring practice. Yes. Okay. So you're right. Sorry. Hypo, by the way, I was the only one in Tennessee Nation with the foresight to say he was wrong when he picked Milton the first time. You can track me on that. I was at another place and I was writing it then. And everybody on Rocky Top came for me. Everybody in Vol Nation was like, you don't know what you're talking about. We have the greatest quarterback coach ever. And he picked the right guy. And now the same ones of you guys want to come at me for defending his decision with Milton this time around. I was consistent. I always knew Hooker was better than Milton, and I always said Nico would be better than Milton. What I said was Nico had come on to camp extremely skinny. His conditioning was not where it needed to be. He had a great offseason to get conditioned, but at the start of the year, he was still not big enough, and it was a makeshift offensive line, and as you put Nico in, he would have taken a lot more hits than your average undersized thin quarterback, and then it would have wrecked him for a long time okay you could have i love i love i love, I love your I, lo I love your passion but he's a tougher dude than that he's i mean i've covered these nobody who's six six and not 200 pounds could have withstood those those number of hits I think was 200 the by the beginning of the year don't you i mean he'd been on campus since december Maybe I mean, 200 right in. But stop bringing up, and people are going to bring up smaller guys. Stop bringing up smaller guys. They did not play behind this makeshift offensive line. Okay? Cooper Mays was hurt the yes. first five weeks of the year. Our poll question brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. They want to be your jeweler. Looking for affordable game day jewelry. Some hoops balls in action. You can get taken care of there. How about the Fire Opals? The Tennessee tradition. Go to rickterryjewelry.com. Rick Terry 
jewelry.com. And <clears throat> the poll question, I may have made it too easy. I made a mistake. I've made a mistake. So I said, Nico will be blank compared to Hendon Hooker. I've got worse, comparable, better, much, much better. Several thousands of people voted already. What do you think? I think most people said better. Most people did say better. 48%. What do you think is next? Comparable or much, much better? Comparable is probably next. Comparable 32%. I just, uh, the only reason much, I say that 18% and worse 2% for the record. I will say this as high as I am on Nico and he will be better than hooker. I'm going to give hooker enough respect to say, I don't think it's possible to be much, much better than hooker. Is that fair, Dave? Like I can't say like, he almost had a perfect season. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to be much, much better than hooker. Just like, by the way, as great as Peyton was, I don't think Peyton Manning was much, much better than Heath Shuler. He was just better than Heath Shuler. Okay. So is the only way that Nico can be better. That being said, because they did, they, they almost maxed out some of the statistical categories. I mean, they were running out of time where they could have scored more points. So that being said, does Nico have to win a championship to come out from under Hendon Hooker's shadow one day? Or a Heisman. I don't think Heisman would do it. If, if Nico Heisman comes in it? and out of this program without winning at least an SEC championship, that ain't good. At, at the meaning behind an SEC championship is dead, Dave, after this year. Well, but still, it division. means something that, to me. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but it means something to me. Yeah, because you're, you're old now. <laughs> okay, but, but, but Peyton won an SEC championship, so I think that says something. I, and that that had value back in 1997. I agree, I agree. But, but what? So does he have to win a national championship? Then what is it? If he if he can't statistically best him because things all fell into place in 2022, then how? All American, I mean, all he... American, make a semifinal, like make it to the final four one year. That that puts him ahead of Hendon Hooker. By the way, that would be a disappointment. I still think he should win a national championship in Heisman. He's a disappointment if he doesn't win both, but. I mean, I I will yeah, how say do you know that like, Tennessee doesn't come back and beat South Carolina and they don't make the final four by beating South Carolina. And then if Nico did that, it would be the exact same thing. I don't think that's a significant difference whatsoever, because I think Tennessee would have come back and played well in that game had uh, Hooker not gotten hurt. I think they would have. I Well, that, I said, assuming everything's healthy. Again, if Nico gets hurt, that I give him a break. I give Hooker a break because it was a big letdown to lose to South Carolina for Tennessee, but Hooker got hurt. You give him a break. Um, I'm not so I'm with you, Dave. I've said from the start, I'm not so sure Tennessee doesn't come back and beat South Carolina in that fourth quarter if um Hinden Hooker's fully healthy. So that's I I just don't think it's possible to be much, much better than Hinden Hooker. Um, I think it's possible huh. to be better than Hinden Hooker. No, he maxed out some of the stats. There's no, I mean, there's no question about that. Uh, portions of the program brought to you by friends. And I remind you to support our sponsors. That's why we're, we are here. Tennessee Cider Company, the original hard cider of the Smoky Mountains. Use the promo code HAT, that's HAT, to receive some free swag with your cider order. Available most anywhere in the U.S. TNCiderCompany.com, TNCiderCompany.com. And I think they have a number 27 cider, which would be referring to Caleb. Al Wilson. There you go. I think I saw that out there. And doesn't there. James Pierce wear that number now? Uh, I don't know, but they need to take that away. That needs to be retired. They need to retire Al Wilson's number. There should not be another legend wearing There should that be a number. statue of Philip Fulmer up there, too. There should. 
but Al Wilson's number should absolutely be retired. The fact that it's and and we talked that I don't want to get on a tangent on this, but I'm sorry. He's a greater vol than Reggie White. You guys can come for me on that. I don't care. I would take Al Wilson's career at Tennessee over Reggie White's career any day of the week, and I wouldn't even think about it. Um, well, I mean, Reggie only had a great senior year, which he got drafted on over. So I don't I don't really think a lot of people would argue with you on that. Um but Reggie White's uh, number is retired, and Al Wilson's isn't. Oh, well, yeah, but that's because he made up all the goofy rules to get him retired. Uh, this is why uh, I love having Caleb on. He says, Nick Saban's underachieved at Alabama. So Alabama fans, Tennessee fans, Georgia fans, uh, tune in right now. Turn the speaker all the way up. Hit the smash and like button because I'm going to try to figure out, and I need you to help me, why Caleb Calhoun thinks that Nick Saban has underachieved at Alabama. So. There he goes. Uh, when he takes that uh, break, that's what scares me. All right, let's get, let's get let's let's get this going. Let's. I've been ready for this, guys. And yes, I I pitched this topic, did I not, Dave? It's total I insanity. Pitched it. Total insanity. So, in terms of a macro perspective, has Nick Saban underachieved? No, no. He's actually He's done even more than what's possible at Alabama. And so, as far as doing everything as a CEO, no, he has not underachieved. As a You're bearing the lead. You're bearing the lead. Why is he over? Why is he underachieved? As a ball coach, he has underachieved. He is a better. He is a great recruiter. I think he's a middle of the pack analytical X's and O's coach. And the and I got proof on that. By the way, let's see. Nick Saban, two four seven Sports has tracked the full talent composite of teams based on recruits and transfers since 2015, where you should be ranked. Alabama's been number one seven. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, seven of the nine years that has existed well since 2015 alabama only has three national titles and one was the COVID year okay so wait only three national titles but you got the best team in the nation seven times that's I mean, called overachieving i wouldn't trade that i'm say, i didn't say anybody would trade it i said it's underachieving if you have the number if you have the best team in the nation seven years you should have seven national titles of those years if you don't win the national title the year you have the best team, you underachieved. The 99 team at Tennessee Wait, underachieved. the recruiting rankings? Is that what you, I mean, is that? The, the, the recruiting and transfer rating rankings. 247 Sports Composite tracks the full talent of your roster based on the recruiting rankings of players and the rankings of transfers that you added. And they've been doing that since 2015. And Alabama's had the number one most talented team seven out of nine times. They've had the most NFL draft picks, I believe, also seven out of nine times since that time. And they have three national titles. Nick Saban has a grand total of seven national titles, by the way. This doesn't even count 2008, 2009, 2011, 2012, 2013, and 2014. By the way, he had the number one recruiting class all of those years. Nick Saban has, relative to the talent he's brought in, should have won 10 national titles, not six. That is underachieving. Well, he's one. It is underachieving. One seven. It is under give him the LSU one. I'll give him. He had two number one recruiting classes at LSU. He should have won two national titles at LSU. You make somebody has a successful first down play, and then you say, "Oh, they only converted on third down because they got nine yards on first. That's part of it. Recruiting is part of building a roster, and I, Nick Saban has done that. 
I said he's underachieved relative to the talent he's brought in. That doesn't mean overall and the macro scale he's underachieved relative to the talent he's brought in. Dave, where do you think Alabama, you know, Alabama this year was ranked number one in talent. They were ranked number one again. Guess where Michigan was ranked? Uh, probably eighth, ninth, 14th, 14th. So all talent being equal, all talent being equal. You need to go win a game. Are you taking Nick Saban or Jim Harbaugh to coach the game? If they have the same talent, they have the exact same amount of talent on the level of talent, both teams. Why do you think that's easy? That's not easy. I think I mean, Nick, Nick Saban made a change during a championship game at quarterback and came back and won the game. That's as good as game management as I've ever seen any person on the face of the earth do. You say that's great game management. I say that's poor quarterback management that Nick Saban wasn't starting two of the whole year. And okay, okay. maybe and, he was too loyal there, but we, you specifically said game manager. I think Nick Saban's an incredible game manager. Look at what he did think, in Tennessee. I think, I think, I you watched that game on Monday. Jim Harbaugh was 18 steps ahead of Nick Saban on X's and O's the whole time. There's absolutely no reason Alabama should have lost that game if you look at the talent level, but. Jim no, Harbaugh no, no, was, no, no. I don't think the talent level's that off. I've told you since off. I've told you since September that Michigan was the best football team in the nation. Did I not? I, mean, I can you look did, at but I'm sorry. I and I've disagreed with you. I think Alabama's way more loaded in talent, and you're going to see it in the NFL in three years. Alabama will have way more NFL players than Michigan was. Nick Saban has done not much more than Ryan Day has done since Ryan Day took over at Ohio State at this point. Okay. They've both underachieved at the same level relative to the talent. And I'm saying, yes, he's a great recruiter. I think he's middle of the pack coach. I'd rather Josh Heupel game plan than Nick Saban. If I needed to, if I needed a game for my life, I'd rather Josh Heupel as a game planner than Nick Saban. And here's the issue. You bring up the quarterback switch, Dave. I think Nick Saban's greatest weakness. He, he knows ball. You've talked about how great of a defensive backs coach he is. I think Nick Saban's career as a head coach is littered with a track record of mismanaging quarterbacks, and he's not good at it. You know I would, this. I'd agree with that. But still, we're talking about minor marks. I mean, like if my son comes mismanaging home. Mismanaging quarterbacks is huge. No, if if my – but but he's still winning big time. If my son or daughter come home and they say, I got a B and four A's, I'm not upset about the B. I mean, the thing that I thought that was his biggest weakness pre-Lane Kiffin was that he would sit on the lead in the second half. And I thought a couple of those games, including one against Lane Kiffin, almost slipped away from him. So, but I can't say if the guy's underrated. I mean, I just can't go underachieved. There. Underachieved. No, he's underachieved as an X's and O's coach. He's an he's a middle of the pack X's and O's coach in football. I think there are a lot of coaches that are better at X's and O's than he is, including Jim Harbaugh, including Josh Heupel. Um, and this yeah, goes back to we're, we're going to have to agree to differ on that. I this think. goes back. A very good X's and O's coach. This goes back to 2000. If you remember, Dave, Rohan Davey, remember the game that Rohan Davey got his first start against Tennessee and torched Tennessee and Tennessee wasn't ready for him? Remember that? Uh, yes. Uh, Rohan Davey brings back a lot of memories. By the way, Travis Why? Said, Nick Saban is a bust. Caleb Calhoun. <laughs> Here's the question, though. Rohan Davey got the start. Why didn't Nick Saban start from the whole year? He started Josh Booty over Rohan Davey at the beginning. Okay. That was a t who makes that decision. Okay, because Rohan Davey was clearly better. And then Nick Saban, Nick Saban is the reason Nick Saban got outcoached by Hugh Freeze this year. He always gets outcoached by Hugh Freeze and X's and O's every time they go head to head. Remember when Hugh Freeze used to beat Nick no, Saban at Ole Miss? 
No, yeah, he beat him twice in a row. I think still the only SEC team to do that, right? I guess Georgia. I believe so. No, Georgia hasn't done it. Kirby Smart's okay. only beaten Nick Saban once. Okay. That's um. Right. Yes, Nick Saban. By the way, one of the years he did it, and this is what I talk about. He mismanages quarterbacks all the time. Um. He basically Nick Saban. 2015, the year they lost to Ole Miss. Remember Jake Coker won that national title, Dave? Uh, uh yeah, barely. Goodness gracious. You can bring up you can bring up the Tua move in the national title game. I can bring up the fact that Nick Saban benched Jake Coker for Cooper Bateman against Ole Miss, and that's why they lost because Nick Saban didn't know how to handle the quarterback situation. He mismanages quarterbacks all the time, and that has cost him more than it's helped him. And I am saying as a ball guy, as a guy who knows ball, not as a recruiter, as a ball guy, Nick Saban has underachieved. I would take Dabo Swinney as a ball guy over Nick Saban. And I would take Josh Heupel as a ball guy over Nick Saban. Okay. And there. So you're basing this mostly off of uh, recruiting with Nick Saban, right? He's recruited yes, so well basically. that he hasn't lived up to recruiting. To winning. Analysis. Um, yes. He hasn't lived lived up to recruiting analytics uh, in the nerdalytic department that are putting together these ratings that probably don't talk to scouts or anything else. But anyway, I right, can just two, track NFL draft picks too. But sure, go ahead, go. go sure. Ahead. Okay, in two, I'm I'm actually I think I'm going to uh, fortify your point. Um, in 2021, uh, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan Wolverines ranked. 13th in the nation in recruiting in 2022. Uh, my computer froze up. Do you want to pull up 2022? Why did my computer 20... freeze up? Oh, I can bring up 2022. Yes. Um... Yeah, my computer completely froze up. Uh, okay. I'm surprised I still have you, which is good. Uh, 2021, they were 13th. Let me see if I can get to 2022 now. 2022, they were 9th. Okay. Yeah. It's not working on mine at all. Okay. And what were they? Uh, 2023. Uh, 23. 23, they were pretty good, but no, no, they were down. Michigan at 2023 was down at 17th. Well, and those kids aren't going to play. Here's what he's doing he's doing a semi Nebraska build them in, get them better, develop them, but he's doing it with a little bit more talent and a flair for passing the football. And listen, if you can go out and hire a great quarterback coach as opposed to a great defensive line coach. Everybody loves a great quarterback coach, and it naturally brings more players to your school because it brings the better quarterbacks to your school as well. I tell you, it's um, it's time to go ahead and get on Facebook and sign up for Sports Treasures. Sports Treasures TN, carrying over 5 million sports treasures and so much more. Follow on Facebook for the best in sports memorabilia daily updates. I love them. Facebook.com and go to Sports Treasures TN. Follow them today, please. And you'll find fantastic gifts and more for uh, your loved ones uh, moving forward. Yeah, some people like, uh, it doesn't just have to be Christmas, right, Caleb? Some people like Valentine's Day ball gifts. They do. They do. Some people do like Valentine's Day ball gifts. Um, Will you be my Valentine, Caleb? (laughs) (laughs) No, um, but (laughs) nope. I will not. I'm 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 trying to be Lane Kiffin's next Valentine. <laughs> um, who, by the way, saved Nick Saban's career? There, let's go there. No, there's no question he did. And um, but uh, Nick Saban underachieved at Alabama. I find that 
I find that extremely tough to, to swallow. Now, I'll give you this. If Kirby Smart had gone to South Carolina, which he almost did, George was like, whoa, somebody needs to shoot Mark Richt in the leg. And the SEC still would have been open because Kirby Smart wouldn't have had the same success at South Carolina that he's having at Georgia. Then, and he had, and Nick Saban had the same number of championships. Okay, I'll give you that. But right now you had another, you had a, you've got another coach that's one of the greatest coaches of his generation come up at the very same time. So he's that much more difficult to beat. He's going to win one or two of those battles. We've seen that. Yes, and I, I'm not. I'm actually excusing him for losing to Georgia in the 2021 national title. You know what? I'm not excusing. I'm not excusing him losing to Michigan this year. I'm not excusing him losing to Tennessee and LSU last year. I'm not excusing him losing to Clemson in two national title games. I'm not excusing one of those national title games with Trevor Lawrence. Clemson beat the brakes off Alabama. Alabama didn't even belong on the same field as Clemson. Look at the NFL. Alabama had more talent. How do you let Clemson blow you out like that, Dave? If you're such a great X's and O's coach and you have the most talent on the team. Well, I don't think we're going to agree on this because I think Nick Saban is the best X's and O's coach that's walking the face of the earth. Except he couldn't figure out Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson. Well, I'm not saying he's the best game management coach. Okay, I'll give you that. But I think he's the best X's and O's guy. I think he puts the be- he puts a game plan together that has a better chance of succeeding than 99% of the other coaches in college football. I can't do that with the Trevor Lawrence scenario. Trevor Lawrence torched him. Now, Deshaun Watson, it was close back and forth, and the defense just didn't show up that game. But Trevor Lawrence, Clemson won that game by like 30. That was a bad look. Saban had more talent, and he lost a game to Clemson by 30 because he couldn't figure out Trevor Lawrence. Okay, so what does Nick Saban have to do to not be an underachiever in your mind? Um, Or is there anything uh, you can do? I mean, he just dug that hole, buried himself in it, He's an underachiever under Caleb's. Got to have, got, so okay. Gone. So he's got, he's got, um, he's got to have four years where he's not the most talented team and he's got to win a national title those four years. Oh, yeah. That seems perfectly easy to do. Uh, here, here, here's, here's one. He has to win it. Uh, uh, here's where I'll, here's where I'll change. He has to win one national title, one where he's not deemed the most talented team in football that year based on 247 Sports Composite. Give me one. He has never won a national title when he didn't have the most talented team. Even Philip Fulmer won a national title without the most talented team. Mm, okay, fair point. I'll give you that. Still a great um, I mean, it's almost it, Nick Saban is dangerously closer to John Calipari to me in basketball. Now, John Calipari, oh, someone that's won championship, but John Calipari, they're always all freshmen that you can't keep him in the program. Like, at least Nick Saban gets to keep him for three years. <sighs> all right Elias says congrats Caleb you did the impossible today you got a room full of Tennessee fans defending Nick Saban I don't know what's going on here uh Caleb's been up partying this morning or something uh we, we had the 3 45 a.m production meeting everything was going great and then uh Caleb said I got a wild one today Jim Harbaugh would not have let Tommy Reese make that call on fourth down and on, on in overtime the other night, Jim Harbaugh never would have made a call that stupid. Dylan, I hate Saban, but come on, man. He's the best coach in recent memory. Do you think Nick Saban ever would have been the type of coach smart enough to do what like Bear Bryant did in 1970 and bring out the wishbone out of the blue? Do you think Nick Saban could have been capable of doing that? Yeah. You do? 
You think Nick Saban could have done that? He brought out an up offense in the middle of him saying, I'd never do that. He's he let Lane injured. Kiffin run the up-tempo offense. And then he, he reverted right back to else. it. Then he reverted right back to it. The slow Hunter offense. Says, so Saban needs to lower his talent to get Caleb's yes. approval. Yes. Yes, pretty much because he's underachieved with the talent he's gotten. If he he had seven number, he's had eleven number one recruiting classes and six national titles. Sorry, if you have eleven number one recruiting classes, you just have eleven national titles. I'm sorry, that's just how I look at it. Well, that's just insane, though. Uh, I mean, I, you can't look at it like that. You don't really believe that. All right, stay tuned. Uh, there is, I, I, I don't know what to say about that. There's another reason to hate Jeremy Pruitt, and I'm sorry, but it's out there, and you just. It's the guy that just you love to hate. He's like Cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie needs to be his new nickname. Oh my God, Jeremy really Pruitt, another reason to hate him, and it has nothing to do with Crapper being full. Got cataracts. We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Doctors Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. I think there are some people out there that don't like me, Caleb. I, I, I think Tennessee and their... And most schools, not singling out Tennessee, but I think the little stuff they do, like with, uh, hey, it's been, 
you know, Tennessee hasn't scored any points or hasn't allowed a single point in 2023 and some of the corny stuff they do. So I retweeted it, quote tweeted it and said that unfortunately points were scored. Uh, uh, Missouri was able to score points against Tennessee. Boy, you talk about lit up, man. I got lit up. It's just a little bitty joke. Should I have gotten lit up for that? No, but you know, you, 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 uh, you're not allowed to not homer a team you're covering. So I just thought it was funny. I thought it was funny that I, I was a poke at Tennessee's sports information or media department, or whatever they do, because they put out these all these goofy things that are just silly beyond. I mean, I this just... is people. Yeah, do you remember? For for those who don't remember, Wes Rucker. I want to send him a shout out in 2014. Uh, Wes Rucker kept tweeting. Everybody wanted Quanzo Martin to get fired and Bruce Pearl to come get hired again because the show calls was up. And Wes Rucker kept like pointing out, guys, that's not happening. That's not happening. He was just reporting facts, by the way. There was no way Tennessee basketball was going to be able to hire Bruce Pearl back after how they fired him. And he kept saying it's not happening. Vol Nation acted like he had some vendetta against Bruce Pearl in Tennessee for it, as if he was not just reporting the fact that there is no way he could get hired back. Well, it uh, it definitely uh, got me in some hot water. Some people defended me like, Travis, I appreciate that. It was just a joke. And I was like, why is my Twitter blowing up? Well, I got excited. I was like, one of the stories blew up because, you know, that happens. And you really never know. I mean, sometimes if it's players meeting, Coop's coming back, whatever, you know that that's going to be a big story. But there are other things that just kind of take off out of nowhere. And we had one about when Tony Vitello got suspended. I thought it was because Tennessee was currently under an NCAA investigation and they didn't want to do anything in a non-revenue sport that might affect football. And I think you would probably agree with that. That column went nutso. So you never really know. I was hoping it was for that, but it was for my stupid tweet. Uh, so you're telling me Tennessee fans should be mad at Jeremy Pruitt over something else? Please, please tell me that's not the case. Well, this is trending now because um, Michael Penix Jr., who has now led the Washington Huskies to the national title game, was a Heisman runner-up. Some people say he was robbed of the Heisman. No, he wasn't. Jaden Daniels deserved that Heisman. I don't care that Penix is in the national title game. Jaden Daniels was the better quarterback, and anybody with eyes saw that this year. But... Michael Penix was still very good, and he got Washington to the title game. Michael Penix was committed to Tennessee in 2017, along with Adrian Martinez when Butch Jones was head coach. When Butch Jones was fired, Penix still wanted to go to Tennessee. He was one of those type of kids, Dave, that still wanted to, that was that fell in love with the school and not the coach. And Pruitt report when took over, reportedly with Tyson Helton, the offensive coordinator who is now the head coach at Western Kentucky. And guys, I'm just going to tell you this right now. It was Tyson Helton, not Jeremy Pruitt. I'm going to tell you this straight up. Jeremy Pruitt does not want anything to do with offense. He was there to be a defensive coordinator and let his offensive coordinator run the show. Is, is that fair to say, Dave? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He, he was a head coach who, he was a defensive coordinator posing as a head coach, hired Tyson Helton to run the offense. Tyson Helton told him to nudge Michael Penix out the door. So Pruitt nudged Michael Penix out the door at Tyson Helton's wish because they wanted J.T. Shrout. Who has Tennessee would have been much better off or just a little bit better off with Penix over Milton this year. Well, they would have been much better off with Penix. Much. Much, much better off. But here's the thing. Guys, I – it's funny. I just went from criticizing Nick Saban, and now I'm going to defending Jeremy Pruitt. Don't sit there and clip anything of me saying Jeremy Pruitt's a better coach than Nick Saban because I know that's where this is going to go for some yeah. people. But um, Jeremy Pruitt – was the one who scouted Hendon Hooker. He was the one who got him. 
So people who were mad at Jeremy Pruitt about the Michael Pinnock situation, that's fair. But I think what he did with Hendon Hooker outweighs that because I'm going to tell you guys this right now. Michael Pinnock would not have stayed at Tennessee. He'd have transferred after all. Everything hit the fan with Jeremy Pruitt and everything like that. And Tennessee would have not had any quarterback and would not have had Hendon Hooker when Josh Heupel took over in 2021. So you can get upset at Jeremy Pruitt for pushing Michael Penix out, but don't act like Michael Penix would have still been at Tennessee in 2023. It just seems like Tennessee could have massaged the Penix situation a little bit better. (laughs) I mean, partially stealing that from Travis. That's what I've been working on in my head for the past 30 seconds. Seems like they could have. It shouldn't be that hard. But uh, Caleb... (laughs) There's another one. You missed that one. All right. Uh, Caleb, had he stayed, Tennessee would have been better than Joe Milton, right? I mean, we all agree with that. Um, but there's been a couple of different quarterbacks that Tennessee might have been better off with than, than Joe Milton in retrospect this past season. But I will I will give – I'm going to give Josh Heupel a lot of credit. At the end of the day, he got through a quarterback that had a limited skill set and I'm talking about touch on the ball. I'm not talking about he throw it 100 million yards. He had a limited skill set, and he got to a nine and four season. If if having a average to below average quarterback and getting to a nine win season was where Tennessee's football program is at, then you better be darn happy. If we nitpick Josh Heupel because he played the wrong quarterback or he he went for it on his own end against Alabama on fourth down, nitpick him all you want. That's what we're here to do. But as a whole, this football team, if if a bad year is defined by having a quarterback situation and you win nine games, you're in a good spot. You are. So, Dave, let me ask you two questions. Would would Michael Penix, do you think Michael Penix would have been at Tennessee right now had Pruitt kept him in 2018? Do you think he'd still be at Tennessee right now? I'd, rather defer, I'd rather defer on what, what you think. I It he seems would, like to me – that from what I hear that Josh Heupel wanted his own guy at quarterback didn't work out that way, but didn't it seem like he pushed everybody That's, else alter and, and kind of everybody he tried else to put, yeah, he pushed everybody else out and tried to push hooker out. And yeah, I think we're, I think we're reaching a point and he knows it that you're going to have that star quarterback because the transfer portal, you're not going to have a backup for much longer. I don't see a lot of arch Mannings hanging out. I know their, their other backup left. I just don't see having quarterback depth. I think in September they're going to, there's going to be a team next year that's college football playoff hopes that's going to suffer a key injury, uh, very likely a quarterback, and then it's it's over because they just don't have backups because the backups are going to go someplace they can play or get paid. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. And because of that, I'm going to go out here on a limb, and I'm going to tell you guys, and you, Dave, you can call me crazy. Crazy. Rather than be mad at Jeremy Pruitt, for pushing out Michael Penix, you guys should be thanking him because he brought in Hendon Hooker and he st- he found Jalen Hyatt. He built the team that Josh Heupel went 11-2 with in 2022. That's Jeremy Pruitt's scouting, quite honestly. That outweighs pushing Michael Penix into the portal because quite if, if Josh Heupel was able to put together that team, he's not a good talent evaluator, guys. That's his biggest weakness. And I, so. I don't think it's talent evaluation. I think it's something else. I'll share that with you. 
I want to remind you to support our sponsors. That's why we're here. Don Self is, man, he's your State Farm Insurance agent right there in the Chattanooga area. Call 423-396-2126, 423-396-2126, or go to donself.net. That's donself.net. For over 40 years, built their business on reputation and taking care of your customers. Everybody wants to save money, but what about when it's time to make a claim? And that's That's a little bit different. I don't think that Josh Heupel is a bad judge of quarterbacks. I think that he's stubborn. I think that he picks his direction and short of a meteor hitting the, the earth at some point, I don't think he wants to change his mind no matter what. I think he was closer to changing his mind from some things I've been told recently and making an eco move before Joe started playing better. I don't know how much better, but I, I think that was that was a close move. So I just think he gets stubborn. I think he should have made that move. I think he gets stubborn. I don't think it's an evaluation issue. I really don't. Uh, no, I'll give you that because, look, two years ago, he, he it wasn't stubborn, but he was stubborn to start Milton, even though Hendon Hooker was clearly better. But after Milton got hurt, he did go from Milton to Hooker pretty quickly in that moment because I think just in-game, we saw Milton play against Pittsburgh and then we saw Hendon Hooker step in and Hendon Hooker threw a game ceiling interception, but everybody with eyes saw that Hendon Hooker was better in those moments. Um, now, so Dave, funny you say that, you know who that reminds me of, you know who I thought was the most stubborn offensive coach I ever saw. Yes. No, I don't know who that is. Who was it? It was Bobby Lane, Kiffin. Lane no. Kiffin. I felt Lane Kiffin. Now you can tell me if I, he had, he was, he had he was in a very messed up situation with bad coaching all around, so it's not his fault. However, don't you think part of the reason Lane Kiffin stuck with Jonathan Crompton was because Lane Kiffin stuck his neck out for him at the beginning of the year, and he said, "I'm going down with the ship, no matter what." In 2009. Yeah, and I think he's a talent guy too. I mean, I think he saw that Jonathan Crompton had more talent than anybody else in the roster. Yeah, no, I think so too. And so, whereas. Some other coaches, I, I will say this, this is a knock on Fulmer. Fulmer always second-guessed himself too much, didn't he? How many times did he switch quarterbacks when he wasn't com- comfortable with the quarterback he had in the game? Okay, but you and I see that differently. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You don't go back and forth, but offensive guards get benched all the time, and nobody talks about that. Listen, if a quarterback's not he's not handling his business, bench him just like anybody else. Just don't go back and forth. Now, Fulmer's gone back and forth, which was not yes. a good place. Right, that's what I mean. Fulmer's got Fulmer second guessed himself way too much with quarterbacks and kept going back and forth. Um, so, getting back to it, Pruitt was. You want to talk stubborn in a problematic way? Jeremy Pruitt with Jared Garantano, but Josh War can provide some insight on that. Everybody behind Garantano was worse. That's just a fact. It, it's not that Garantano was. It's not that Garantano was good. It's that the whole quarterback room was that bad. Honestly. <laughs> You need to be safe in your workplace. Your children need to be safe in their school. Herald Group Security Solutions. Go to heraldgrp.com. Have your school administrator call Herald Group Security Solutions. So close to getting into all public schools or in private schools now. And your workplace needs to be safe as well. Herald Group Security Solutions. We're talking about guys that are highly, highly trained and most oftentimes former military veterans. So they've served and they'll serve you and you'll be safer than just having a security guard out there. I can promise you that. What vol coming up next should you be most excited about on a 
Wednesday or Thursday, depending on exactly when you're watching this. But what ball should you be most excited about midweek right now as we are uh, into, it's hard to believe, early January. So what ball should you be most excited about? Give me two minutes. Stay tight. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. Uh, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. By the way, Jimmy Himes feeling under the weather. I know a lot of you out there are, and I had a little battle with it a couple weeks ago. I don't know if it's COVID or what it is now, but uh, I hope you're feeling okay. Um, Jimmy a little bit under the weather, so he will join us next Wednesday. But Jimmy brought up a point in his column that ran post game that uh, Nico uh, and Joe Milton were both informed that Nico would be the starter for the Citrus Bowl on December the 15th. So can somebody explain to me why Joe Milton was out there running around, possibly getting himself hurt before the NFL draft? I mean, because what? I mean, that's tell you senior. I mean, you getting benched you're the senior what and what could possibly go wrong everything yeah, that's odd. yeah that makes no, it was very odd i don't understand how that <laughs> was done made no sense yeah, because i didn't know until jimmy wrote that story and he, he made a point of putting it in there he was informed december the 15th uh i don't know why he was out there running around i i mean goodness gracious i mean you could twist an ankle you could do anything you're just a few months from the combine 
No way. No way. As uh, somebody told me in, in Tennessee's program, he he's not a pea from the same pot of a lot of these guys. Tennessee beats Norfolk State. Zakai Ziegler is great again. Nobody loves Zakai Ziegler like the one, the only Caleb Calhoun. Why is he great again against Norfolk State? He balled out. Zakai Ziegler had uh, 17 points. He was 5 of 10 from 3 last night. Had 4 assists, 4 steals. Looks like he's fully healthy after the break. If you want to be encouraged about Brew McCoy, look at Zakai Ziegler and how he's come back. Um, So... Yeah, he has balled out well. Dalton Connect was the only one who scored double figures. He had 15 points. He was 6 of 6 from the free throw line, Dalton Connect was. Um, Tennessee is now 10 and 3. They are number 5 in the AP poll. By the way, they're still overrated. But they're number 5 in the AP poll. Martin Martin's got some respect. I don't have a problem with that. That's a big part of it. As a matter of fact, Dave... Uh, I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to talk a little broadly about Tennessee and Rick Barnes for a second. After, um, but they they start SEC play uh, on Saturday with a game at home against Ole Miss, who is still undefeated. They're the only undefeated team in the SEC right now, and so that'll be a game of undefeated Ole Miss at Tennessee. I think Ole Miss is a little overrated. I don't really think they've been that impressive all year. Their best win, I would want to say, is. Maybe at Temple or at home against Memphis, but does I Lane Kiffin hop on the plane and save a little bit of transfer portal travel expenditures by just hopping on the plane in Ole Miss and maybe recruit Tennessee's players right there during the game? I mean, he would. Well, if he was, why is he going to get the helicopter back? Oh, I love the helicopter. Yeah, um, they look like they yeah they had to have like a six foot tall shoehorn to get in that thing. Who is who's wingman when they go out together? Lane Kiffin at Orzron. Who's the better wingman? Because you know what they're both going out trying to do. Yeah, Joey Freshwater. Um, but you imagine at Orzron as your wingman, though? Getting back to Tennessee basketball, I'm going to make this statement now uh, in early January, and I'm going to make it in another month, and I'm going to make it in another month. And if I'm wrong, I want you to call me out on it. What makes this team different than other Rick Barnes teams is going to be, or already is, Dalton Connect. Because if they are having trouble generating points, which they go through dry spells more often than the Sahara Desert, he's going to be able to generate them six to eight points to keep them from going in the tank. That is the biggest difference when I've watched this game, when I've watched this team and the games all this season, that to me is the biggest difference between them being a Final Four team and what they were last year and the year before and the year before, which wasn't. So I actually can agree with you on that. I also think that even though he only had four points last night, um, Toby Awaka had 10 off the bench. I think Tennessee has two options now in Jonas Adu and Toby Awaka where they have guys who can finally command respect under the basket. You know, something that Uros Plavchik never learned how to do. And I think that that's a big deal because, again, you need to be able to shoot the ball well from three also. And you can't do that if you're not commanding some uh, some level of attention underneath the basket. So I think that's a big thing. One of the things that's going to help Tennessee, one of the things that's really helped him, and I have to give Barnes credit for this for a long time since he's been at Tennessee. Dave, you want to know one of the most underrated moves by Tennessee hiring Rick Barnes that I never thought of? Wait, me. In college basketball, when you set your non-conference schedule – I always criticize coaches who schedule easy, but a lot of times they do that because they can't get other schools to agree to play them. And I think Rick Barnes is so well connected 
he actually is able to get a lot of these marquee games in December and November that other coaches can't. And that's twofold. That helps Tennessee prepare for conference play, but it also, from a revenue standpoint, Dave, how underrated is it to get a, to get a lot of art, a lot of marquee games in November and December in basketball for fans to show up? It's huge. Yeah, it's it's huge. I mean, it's tough to do. Um, the scheduling part of it is is tough to do. Yeah, I know Dalton Connect uh, struggled at times this year, but I just don't put much into December basketball because I think coaches and players are still finding their way and building chemistry because the rosters turn over so much from year to year. So I didn't put much into him struggling in December at times. Did you? No, particularly this er- period of December, January. They went home for the holidays. I mean, it's it's kind of like bowl games now. You can tell when you're watching a bowl game when one team just decided to go home for Christmas, like mentally. And I'm this is very obvious that teams are going home for the holidays. Also, Dalton Connect was banged up for a while, so he's still getting his feet wet. Just to, the the real question and concern. And no one's calling him out. He's dealing with a personal issue. Um, but Z- Santi Viscovi still hasn't returned to Viscovia form yet. And I mean, I, I don't want to, you don't want to personally attack the guy because of what he's dealing with, but you do want to say from analysis, from an analytical standpoint for this team, you do need that. I mean, again, it what Chris Lofton was dealing with in 2008, you don't, you didn't want to blame him, but there's no doubt that it cost Tennessee in the Sweet 16. I mean, two, two things can be true. We can be very sympathetic for the loss of his his grandmother, and he can be less ineffective because of his emotional reaction to that. It's not a knock on him. We all react. I mean, goodness gracious, we've all lost loved ones. And we all react differently. But I don't think that, and I pray for him and his family and consolation losing his grandmother, but um, I don't think Tennessee's, just like I said with Connect, I don't think they're a Final Four team or an Elite Eight team without Viscovi, and he's been somewhat MIA for good reason to this point. He has, he has, and we've seen that prove costly. I mean, what the, the you know, I remember the 2007 2008 team. You remember Dave? Tennessee had everybody coming back, and they're adding Tyler Smith, and they were a point away from the Elite Eight the year before. Everybody's thinking this is a clear cut Elite Eight Final Four team, and then Chris Lofton obviously is dealing with his issue, and it, it, it. Proved well. Here's a question because I just want to ask it on the message board, and I never like to do this. Tennessee or Detroit Pistons? Who wins, Dave? It's always the pro team, right? <laughs> it's always the pro team, guys. It's always the pro team, but it's still kind of funny because Detroit is. I mean, the NBA tanking is great, man. In, the Sixers started this model a few years ago, where they held. You remember that day when the Sixers just held players out and faked injuries forever so they could load up on number one draft picks. For years, I do Charles and, says is our basketball team considered to be good? Yes, Tennessee's basketball team is fifth in the nation, and this is, I think, the just seeing it in December, the best team that maybe Rick Barnes has put together. I can't go there. I still think that 2019 team was better with Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield. Um, but but, all, my, all my guys could fall flat on their face in the coming weeks, and you'd be absolutely right. But just for now, I think they've got the a higher ceiling. But you are right. Here's the thing. Grant Williams was an inside scorer. You had to, you, you, know, you drew up plays for him. You drew up plays for the three point shooters in there. Don't connect is the first player Rick Barnes has had where if the offensive system, if the offense breaks down on a play, you just say, give him the ball and just see if he can generate a bucket. Tennessee's never really had that for a long time. So I think that could be useful for Tennessee. Um, I just, again, that 
Jonas Adu nor Toby Walker are on Grant Williams' level in terms of that. And there are still questions on how well they are from three. Here's the thing with Tennessee. And here's the thing with none of their shooters are elite outside of Vescovi when Vescovi's healthy, but Vescovi's not healthy or not fully there. But here's the thing with Tennessee. None of their shooters are elite. But they're all good enough, Dave, where it would be shocking if at least one of them was not having a good game from outside. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, if you're going to be an outside shooting team, you, you're not usually depending on one or two guys, like the Reggie Miller or Larry Bird days. Yeah, I mean, you're not. There's got to be more guys that can can shoot than that. Um, by the way, uh, Vol Fan for Life says, I listened to Slay, and he said Norfolk is uh, pretty good. By the way, Slay is going to be on the program tomorrow. We love visiting with him each and every Thursday. And um, so uh, th- that's always a fantastic visit. A good time to get with uh, Ron as Tennessee headed in to the SEC season. So, Miss, here we go. Uh, let me ask you this. Given that the regular season doesn't mean a lot, the SEC tournament doesn't mean a lot, how many times does Tennessee play Auburn this year? Tennessee plays Auburn, I believe, just once. I'm going to pull up the schedule again, but I believe it is only just once. Um, that's not one of the regular rivals. Uh, yes, they play Auburn once, and it's late, late in the year, February the 28th. Do you think deep down most Tennessee fans would rather win the SEC postseason tournament or win the regular season or just beat Bruce Pearl by 40 points? I don't think the vitriol is there for Bruce Pearl from Tennessee. I think Tennessee fans feel that Bruce Pearl was wrongly fired because Mike Hamilton should have stuck up for him. And there's a lot that went on to that, Dave. I, you know more than I do. I think Mike Hamilton did try to stick up for him, and there was just so many other things that happened, right, right for a yeah, while. He got caught lying for the second time. Yeah, so like he, Mike Hamilton did, but like I think Tennessee fans don't know the full details of that. Um. So I, I don't think they, I think the problem is Pearl has been a thorn in Tennessee's side since he's been at Auburn. He cost Tennessee an SEC championship outright in 2018. He cost him a share of the regular season title in 2019 and he cost him the tournament title in 2019. So he's been a thorn in Tennessee's side. But I think at this point with Rick Barnes, you're just thinking about, honestly, you're just thinking about March. Um, this isn't quite honestly, I think Tennessee fans hate John Calipari more than they hate Bruce Pearl because John Calipari, where has he been? He's at Kentucky now, but before then he was at Memphis. And in basketball, that was a great in-state rivalry. I mean, it was never better than when Bruce Pearl and John Calipari were at Tennessee and Memphis, respectively. Be, be sure and support our sponsors. The show represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys, play to win, personal injury, criminal defense, criminal defense, banksjones.com. Why Banks and Jones? Other lawyers say they'll go to trial. They won't. They'll settle and settle for less. Banks and Jones ready to go to trial for you. Truly, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Why settle? Banks and Jones, led by T. Scott Jones. You can still order the book if you'd like to. Celebrate 98 is uh, there for you. And we lost Caleb for a second. Well, we got Caleb back. But you can order the book below. Uh, love having Ron Slay on. We will uh, have him on tomorrow and looking forward to that. And an opportunity for you to get back to a former ball. I don't want to get really into it because it's kind of a uh, sensitive subject at this point. But we'll tell you more about it. Uh, tomorrow. Caleb, why do you keep bouncing in and out on me? What's going on with you? I think my Wi-Fi went in and out. Um, Fios does that sometimes. Okay. Um, our, our five favorite minutes. We like for you to support our sponsors because 
They're vetted. They're great sponsors. They're great people. We do business with them if we need it, or we would if we did need what they provide. So it's also an opportunity to turn to you and say, what would you like to talk about for a minute? Our five favorite minutes is now, is that, uh, that's Chris Ligon. Is that, uh, we're very much in, in on DB. For, okay. I'm sorry. I thought that in my, David Ligon is who I was thinking of. All right. So what do you want to talk about? Uh, the last five minutes is all about you, our five favorite minutes, because you're our favorite people. Our community that continues to build is uh, pretty darn strong. And I guess that uh, one of the things that, we could certainly uh, start off with is do you, are you at all dismayed by the national championship matchup? I mean, I'm not dismayed by it. I um, I'm concerned because I think Michigan is going to beat Washington pretty badly. And I think you do too. Right, Dave. And yeah. I think that just in two, I mean, one, I think Jim Harbaugh is a very smart coach and I don't think Kalen DeBoer is that smart of a coach. And Michigan and Washington, if anybody watched Washington this year, they got lucky a lot of times. I mean, to the point to where I don't care that Washington beat Oregon twice. They put Washington and Oregon on a neutral field. I guarantee you Vegas would still favor Oregon right now. And even though Oregon, even though they beat Oregon twice. Yeah, um, I mean, it just it doesn't feel good. I mean, you've got a, uh, uh, a team that's left its conference that's dissolved. Um, this is an all big 10 national title next year. Yeah, it is. I hadn't thought about that. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, a Michigan team. that's kind of boring and I like boring football. I like hard nose defensive football. Uh, but it just doesn't feel right to not having the sec in there. It feels strange to me. Does that bother anybody on, on the message board? Elias actually says sec dominating at dominating at the level they did was not good overall. Interesting take. I think it's kind of weird. What do you do, Dave? Short-term or long-term success? Because short-term, it's not good to not have an SEC team in because of the uh, level of eyeballs that are on those games. But long-term, don't you need other teams in just so you can generate more national interest in college football? I mean, college football was very dangerously becoming, and this was happening right around COVID and actually the last couple of years, it was very dangerously becoming a hyper-regional sport with, with just Michigan and Ohio State added in. And I think they really want... They, they, they need desperately other places around the country to be good at the sport. And here's the thing: the playoff is going to make it worse. You may disagree with me on this, but the playoff is going to make more. The playoff is going to result in more national titles from the SEC, not less. I agree. Um, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I, and we had somebody on the message board said it's the least excited he's been in one for years. Now, maybe there's going to be more parity in the sport so the SEC won't dominate. You you think NIL and Transfer Portal may make more parity, so maybe it does give Washington a more fighting chance in the future. I agree with that totally. Um, I agree with that totally. It's not the most exciting uh, national championship game. It feels weird not having an SEC team in there. It also feels weird, and it reminds me of the early 90s when they did the split champions with Colorado and Georgia Tech and all that crap. Or West Virginia, didn't they win it one year? No, it West Virginia me. went undefeated and then lost their bowl game 41 to nothing, and Florida State got it that year. Okay, not at all creepy how you knew that. But it makes me wonder, um, it, when I look at these uh, when I look at these teams, it, it, it makes me have that same feeling that the best team's not in it. 
like I had in the early 90s. And that's what the college football playoff was supposed to take care of. I feel like the best team sitting in Athens right now. Still. This is, but okay, this goes to the bait. And the playoff committee lied. Is it best team or body of work? I I prefer body of work. I don't know what you prefer, Dave. Do you prefer body of work or best team? I just prefer them. Let me make the decisions. <laughs> but honestly, like, would you prefer? Because let me be honest. If the playoff committee were honest about best team, even after Alabama beat Georgia, they would have put Georgia in over Alabama. You watched that Alabama-Georgia game in the SEC title. Georgia was still clearly better. I don't care what the final score was. Georgia was a better team than Alabama. Yeah, but and, Nick has got some pull. He may be an underachiever, I mean, but he's got some pull. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is that they lied. The same with Michigan, Ohio State. Does anybody with eyes think that Ohio State's not better than Washington? I don't know Nick Saban. He's just a sack of stupid stones. I never said that. It seemed like it. He's never said that. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Ron Slade joins us on a Thursday. That'll always be fun weekdays 10 a.m hit the like and subscribe button if you turn your notifications on do me that one favor and tell a friend because we're about to hit a new mark and subscribers we're excited about for caleb i'm dave off the sports